Hey there, welcome in Mizzou fans to the Burger Smokehouse PowerMizzou.com dance class after a 60-53 loss to Ole Miss. Uh, we we're just on a Zoom with Conzo Martin. No truth to the rumor that Missouri is petitioning to get the state of Mississippi uh, banned from the Southeastern Conference because things have not gone well for the Tigers in either sport uh, against Mississippi teams this year. Mizzou, a lifeless and listless first half in which they trailed by nine at the end of it, trailed by as many as 13 early in the second half before Kobe Brown and Jeremiah Tillman dragged them kicking and screaming back into the lead. And then uh, tied at 50, Missouri fell apart, uh, outscored. It was a, an 8 nothing run, outscored eventually 10-3. to Kobe Brown hit a late three. Um Three consecutive possessions after Mizzou fell down 52-50. Three consecutive possessions in which Xavier Pinson never crossed the three-point line and in which Jeremiah Tillman and Kobe Brown never touched the ball. Uh, we'll get into it more. Um, I, I have a feeling the comments are going to blame the coaching. I don't. We'll talk about that and, and why that is. Uh, coming up, but first, I'm going to let you hear from Conzo Martin, who we just talked to. Is stick with it, uh, the Zooms. There's a couple times where people get skipped, and I think they tried to call on me, but I couldn't hear. The Zoom was not high quality at times, but uh, listen in, hear what the coach had to say, and then we'll be back to break it down. Just thought we were um, didn't push the ball in the first half, weren't aggressive in pushing it. And that was the main thing we talked about offensively, outside of running plays and all of that, but push the ball at the sidelines to make plays. Um, and we didn't do that. Uh, and they had a sequence there where they got three offensive rebounds. I think Allen had all three of them. Nine offensive rebounds in the first half. I mean, it just can't happen. So that means we weren't aggressive. We didn't set a physical tone. And of course we fought back in the second half, but didn't do enough to get over the hump. All right, we'll go to questions. Ben Arnett. Uh, Coach, when you see a, a rough shooting light, night like that from from X and and Drew um, combined, that's pretty tough for them. What do you what do you chalk that up to, and and how do they bounce back from that? Well, as, as a ball player, you have to bounce back. That's part of it. I think I think, um, I think I, it just just in watching, I think Drew missed some shots, but I thought he was assertive. I didn't think X was very aggressive, even though he took nine shots. I didn't think he was aggressive in attacking. I thought he'd probably settle for something on the perimeter instead of getting downhill, getting in the lane and making plays, if not for himself, but for other guys. Colin. Coach, what is it about the way Mississippi State plays defense in that zone that kind of gets you guys passive and, and doesn't get them going downhill like you saw with X tonight? Well, I think that's the biggest key because we've always had success against zones, and that's one of the things we've taken a tremendous amount of pride in. Uh, I know Kobe in, in the middle, and some was hesitant a little bit on some of those flashes that we made adjustment, put Drew in. In the middle, he did a good job, uh, but just, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, and, and the other thing we talk about, flash in the middle, but also get Jeremiah the ball when he's down low. And I thought we had an opportunity there, uh, some opportunities. So, yeah. Mason. Hey, Coach. So when, when Ole Miss went on that run down the stretch to close out the game, was there anything that you wanted to see a little bit more of down that stretch? I think more than anything was getting stops. I think that was the biggest key to get get stuck. Of course, make baskets, and then you try to get stops. I think we might have been down two. Um, then they got a layup. Uh, Rodriguez drove baseline, and they got a layup. And it, we didn't have a guy to drop down and cut off that baseline. So that was a four-point swing, and then it kind of went from there. But of course, it'd be get stops and then making baskets. Mitchell? Dave Matter? Gonzo, when you talk about not pushing the ball up enough, I mean, is that is that mainly a, a point guard issue, or is that where it starts, I guess? And then in the deciding minutes, there was there any thought to playing Bugs more more than X at that point? Well, it was some thought, but you you, you want to try to at least X is more of a score with the mentality to score when it's late like that. But it, it was certainly thoughts, yes, yes. But uh, it's it's outletting the ball first and foremost, then you're getting up the floor, up the sideline quickly. Sorry. Mitchell. Sorry, my Zoom's freezing up. Uh, Gonzo, what, what, what did Kobe, what was Kobe kind of able to provide in that second half when you all made that run? 
or just being aggressive around the rim because it was one-on-one play. And we felt like there was opportunities for him to score, especially when Tilly was out of the game. Get around the rim, make one-on-one plays. They didn't double him. And I thought he had some good opportunities at, at the basket. He made some good plays. Eric Blum. Coach, what did you see from Jeremiah tonight? Obviously, he had the, the four blocks that kind of came in, but, you know, just what did you see from his game? I thought he was solid. I mean, I don't think it was his best effort. Not that, not that I thought he was bad. I thought he's more fatigued tonight. And it's probably this one probably caught up with with him uh, with having a layoff. Uh, so I thought fatigue played a factor in him tonight. Mitchell, you another one. Aiden. Coach, the team went on an 11-0 run at one point in the second half. How, how do you guys kind of continue that kind of play for an entire half? And, and what do you think changed over the course of the second half that, that stopped your guys' momentum? I think part of it, they went to the zone. And like I said, we've always had, in my opinion, success against the zone, flashing, making moves, looking inside. Uh, and some of it probably had something to do with, with the matchups that we had on the floor when they were in the zone. Uh, I don't think we were aggressive in attacking because even in our zone, we want to attack and cut, pass and cut. We don't just want to stand out there and pass it back and forth. We want to get the ball in the middle, of course, but you also want to drive the ball and also feed the post. Colin. Coach Martin, what did you think of the uh, late game, late clock uh, execution on offense from your guys tonight? What would you have rather them to, to, to see from them offensively? Of course, be aggressive. But what happened late when we had a play call, they went, they had zoned, and they, once the pass was made, they went to a man. So they kind of had our guys at a pause. But again, we, 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 have, we have a setup action where they, if they're in a the man or they're in the zone, you make a play. But more than anything, just to be aggressive and attack the rim. I thought we just stood around on the perimeter instead of attacking the rim. Dave, matter? I know the schedule's kind of touch and go. Where do you go from here? Do you have any clarity yet on, on Saturday with a and I, I think I, we, we, would, we should know some more tonight, at least tomorrow morning, about AM. and All right, so there you go. Uh, Consul Martin, fairly abbreviated. Um, not a lot to say. I, I think pretty disappointed. Uh, I want to thank Pocket Watch for – Jumping over with the super chat, yeah, pocket watch to uh, answer your question. Mizzou did not do great tonight, um, but uh, maybe maybe a little better than Auburn did. I mean, they were competitive for a while, uh, but but didn't hang in in the end. But always want to shout you out for being over here and and for uh, joining the Mizzou fans here. Uh, it's it's been fun all season, and hey, there's still a little bit left, and and we'll keep doing it. Um, but. I, so here's where I want to start. Uh, well, first, I want to start by by telling you about Burger Smokehouse and, and thanking them for everything they do for us, allowing us to do this show every night after Mizzou basketball games, uh, and also giving us some, some really good food to eat when we're not doing shows. Uh, I've got uh, still some of it in my freezer uh, from earlier this year. Good stuff. Just uh, just waiting for a day. I don't feel like cooking. So check out Burger Smokehouse at smokehouse.com or at your local grocery store. Almost all of them in the state of Missouri carry it. So I uh, hope you uh, hope you can support one of uh, one of our sponsors and somebody that's been very good to us. There's the number down there. Five, seven, three, uh, two, three, four, four, nine, three, five. You can give us a call on that number. The Skype lines are open. We will ignore what we're doing. Uh, I'll stop talking about what I'm talking about if the phone rings and, and we'll talk to you guys and, and let you lead the show. Um, but here's where I want to start. And I want to be careful here because they're college kids and I don't like hammering a college kid. Um, but Conzo, for everybody who is who is railing Conzo Martin, and I'm sure there is some of it. I haven't gotten to the comments yet. I haven't really read the message board. I'm sure it's happening. Here's the dilemma dilemma that Conzo Martin has right now. The guy that at times is his best player, who has the ability to be his best player, who has scored 36 points in a game this year and has scored 34 or five times right now is killing him. Um, I, I, I mean, 
in that game tonight, in 10 minutes, Drew Bugs was plus 10, plus 12. Means Missouri outscored Ole Miss by 12 points in the 10 minutes Drew Bugs was on the floor. In 26 minutes, Xavier Pinson was minus 15. He, uh, let me go to the box score real quick. He had two points on one of nine shooting. 0 of 4 from three. Didn't take a free throw. Three rebounds, two assists, one turnover, one steal. Minus 15 in 26 minutes. I understand Ole Miss plays a zone. I understand at times it's it's a little tougher to attack. But y- you've heard, you heard Conzo saying it there, and you hear him saying it after almost every game. We just we need to attack more. Um, you know we need to we need to get in the lane. We need to get in the paint, uh, and like it just doesn't happen. And I don't know how you change that. I mean, Pinson is a guy who is, uh, I, I mean, he's been around a while, you know. Um, I, I don't think that, I, I don't know how you get the message across to him is what I'm saying. Um, I, I, I don't know how to do it. If it hasn't gotten through by now, I, I don't know when it gets through. And we're going to jump to the phone line in the 816 area code. Who am I talking to? It's uh, Patrick. What's up, Patrick? How you doing, man? Pretty good. How you doing? Hanging in. Hanging I, could, in. I could be better. Could be better, I guess. Actually. Yeah. Um, under, understood. So you were talking about X and Conzo, and obviously Conzo said he thought Drew was aggressive, which was fine. Um, you know, he he didn't play well, but at least he was aggressive. Right. And X wasn't minus fifteen. Um. Immediately after the game, in my opinion, that there was that possession we had with just over a minute left. We were down four. We needed a bucket. Yeah. Um, nothing happened, right? I think we, we passed the ball around on the perimeter a few times, and uh, Drew Smith and Drew took a shot of three. Took a, yeah, took a contested three on the left wing. Is That's one thing that's always bugged me about Conto, especially this year. It feels like there's a lot of times in late-game situations or when – Teams are going on runs, and I think I talked about this with you after um, the Georgia game, where it's like it doesn't feel like he goes to plays yeah. when we need buckets the most. I mean, it, yeah. it also I it that part of that may fall on X, right? Like he's yes. the point guard; he's got to initiate. Yes, I, I think so. It feels like it's a little bit of both. Yeah, Conzo said in the post game, he said he said what happened on that possession was Ole Miss came out in zone. And then when Missouri basically inbounded the ball, they switched to man um, or vice versa. I, I I can't remember which one he said. But basically his guys kind of paused. But he said, but we have a set that you do this if they're in zone and you do this if they're in man. But Missouri didn't do it. And that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, at some point, because I think we both agree, Patrick, Clearly, the play call is not dribble outside the three-point line for 17 seconds and toss it to Drew and let him take a 22-footer. That's not what they the plan was in the timeout. Now, I can't say exactly what the plan was, but I can say that Xavier Pinson never really appeared to be ready to do it. Um, I And I actually thought, it, to not totally put this on X, I actually thought, and I've got this written in my postgame thoughts, the possession that I thought lost the game was the one before that where they're down 52-50 and Drew Smith takes like this off-balance 15-footer after one pass yeah. where, where Tillman never touched the ball. I mean, at 52-50, at to 50, they had three straight possessions where neither Tillman or Brown ever touched the ball and where their point guard never crossed the three-point line. I, I mean, I, I don't care if you blame Pinson, if you blame Drew, or if you blame Conzo, or if you blame all of them, but I, that can't happen. Right, I mean – Tillman's our best or I mean, you could argue he's our best player, second best player right. on any given night, right? Especially with X. But it it feels like, especially with college kids too, like part of that's on the coach, I think, at least like having him prepared. I mean, obviously there's some kids that, you know, may just may not listen yeah. or just can't handle it or I don't I don't know what happens. But you, I, I just you you have to be able to execute in those moments, whether it's ten minutes left in the second half when you're up fifteen and now you're up three, right? And you need a bucket, or it's you know a minute left and you played a terrible game because we did not play well, but we have right. a chance to win it. Correct. 
And there's just, it, it feels like every time it gets to that moment, there's not, there, like nobody's on the same page. Yeah, and I will, this is where I will side with the fans who say use more timeouts. I mean, when you see that possession going the way it's going for the first 12 seconds, like you got to call a timeout there and say, I don't know what we're mm-hmm. doing, but it's not, this is not what we need to be doing. Let's start this over. Um, and I don't know if Missouri had a timeout left. I assume they did. It didn't seem like there were a whole bunch of stoppages in that game. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that, that had been 5-0 and in, in close games, and, and now they've lost. This won't technically count as a five-point game because it ended up being seven. But, uh, you know, they've lost two in a row that, that they had a chance to win late. And uh, a execution – the first game against Ole Miss, you argued with the effort. You can't argue with the effort tonight, but you can argue with the execution. Yeah, one one thing I disagreed with on Conzo before, or his little comments before uh, we got here was, I mean, I, I thought I thought Tillman played with a ton of effort. He didn't right. look fatigued, especially when he was late. They were, um, I think there was, is halfway midway through the second half. He was he was jumping in front of the post, getting steals. Like he looked fine to me. He was posting up. He was available. Um, when they moved to that two three, it looked. It looked like we just didn't know what to do. Yeah, despite Damian Fishback's insistence that Missouri is better with him not in the game defensively, I thought this was one of Jeremiah's best games. The fatigue, I think it's possible what he was talking about is, if you notice when they came back from the under-four timeout, Tillman wasn't in the game for about the first minute. I I wonder if Mm -hmm. maybe he was talking about conditioning there, he had to take a break when when Conzo would would like to have been able to play. I'm not sure, but I agree with you. I thought Tillman was fantastic tonight. I thought he was too. I, 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 yeah, again, like I thought he, this was one of his best games. Yeah, he and second half Kobe Brown were good enough to win the game. Nothing else was, but sure. but those one and a half guys were. So, yeah. All right, I'll let you go. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. All, All right, right, Patrick. Appreciate, appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, so, Patrick's our first caller, and we certainly will take more tonight. If you guys want to talk, covered a lot of ground with Patrick. But anything you guys want to talk about? I, I mean, and that's that's kind of where. You know, this is where we get into, again, ultimately, it's all coaching, right? It's always comes back to the coach in college because you sign the players and you recruit them and you coach them. And if they're not good enough, it's going to be your fault. So I get that. But again, how many times do you have to hear the coach say the same thing after every game before it changes? You know, uh, let's go now to the 815 area code. Who am I talking to? Gabe, it's Ron. What's up, Ron? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm feeling just a <laughs> little empty about another uh, another game here. It's it's again they had the win the other the other night, but it just seems like this has been kind of trending in the wrong direction for some time. And yeah, that special season everyone was uh, gearing up for um, in the first couple months of the season it seems to have almost completely eroded. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, it's, it would be – I mean, I think it would be very surprising. I think we're now talking about more of a – like they could still be playing in a 2-7 game in the second round, but they'll be the 7 and not the 2. Um, you know, so it, it's definitely trending the wrong direction. Um, I think I think tonight's loss knocked them out of really any chance of the top four in the SEC. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that happens now, unless somebody just completely falls apart. But I also don't think they can play their way out of the tournament. Probably. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's possible if if the wheels completely like if they don't win another game. Sure, they're not going to make it. But mm-hmm. I think they're good enough to win another game or two. I, I would. I would hope so. I mean, if again if they play Bandy, um, if, if they play A and M, I don't know if that's going to happen. But right. those teams are just like that bad. Where right. I, I, a downward trending Mizzou team should be able to handle it. Um, no, that, that's uh, all right. First off, I, I caught the, the pregame show. Um, I, I didn't realize I was unaware that there was a, uh, a an only players meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just kind of roll my eyes anytime I hear that. Um, I think this uh, this is kind of case in point again that um, you know maybe we shouldn't read too much into those as, right. I mean, as I mean, fans and media. <laughs> I would, if I'm going to have a players-only meeting, I'd definitely do it before I played South Carolina. Because, like, you're going to beat them no yeah. matter what. 
So you can come out and say, yeah, we've met and everything's good. I mean, had Missouri lost that game, they never even tell us they had that meeting, right? So I, the meeting, I mean, good for them. If it made them feel better, that's cool. I'm not, you know, that's yeah. fine. But I, I I refuse to point to a player's only meeting as some turning point in the season. Right. And just I think what you what you said off off the top of the show after after Kansas presser with with X, uh, I was a little off on my prediction. I thought this was revenge game season where uh, X in particular was going to take it personally and and you know um, drive to the basket and, and go off. Um, that did not happen. No, um, no. I, 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 I'm usually I'm I'm the guy who's going to you know put more of the, the onus on the on the coach than than the college kids, like you said. So I know you write. I know why you prepped it the way you did, but I, that's a little concerning because you know freshman year Pinson, I, I, or you could shut him down for a game. You could make him come off the bench a few minutes, but like he's like way too important to not have him on the court because of what he could do. But you're like Kondo is almost kind of um, handcuffed yeah. with, with the situation. I, I, I really don't know what he could do. I mean, he's he's, right. he's gonna if if he plays Drew Bugs instead of Pinson in the last five minutes. First of all, he probably loses Pinson for the year. I mean, just mentally, not like he'd quit the team. But uh, but also, fans are gonna kill him if he loses that game with Drew Bugs on the floor in the last five minutes. Yeah. But the flip side I, is. Like they were better with bugs tonight. I mean, they just were. There's no way to deny it. Exactly, and I, and I, I've, I've, I can understand like why you know the casual fan looking at this said, you know, saying, oh, of course, you know, X is 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 the guy like who could, you know, take over a game and has that potential. But he he, for whatever reason, like something just isn't clicking with him. So, and you know, I, hell, he's a junior in college. I, right. I think if if he gets benched or um, you know, gets his minutes taken away for for Drew Bugs, like uh, only to send a message to him. I think he should be able to handle that. And if not, then you know, I think they need to figure something out after the season. But yeah. either way, it's it's really concerning. I have really high hopes for for X and him kind of becoming the the, the face of the, of the of the team throughout this year. The guy you want to right. you want the ball in his hands. Uh, in, in the big games, and he he, he still had might have one of those games in him, but right, uh, it's almost very concerning right now. That's the thing. Him and Drew Smith could both have huge games at some point for this team down the stretch. The problem mm -hmm. is they were four for twenty tonight. Missouri's never winning. Mm -hmm. They're they're not beating right. anybody. Uh, that is, they don't even have to be. I'm not sure they'd have beaten South Carolina if those two guys go four for twenty. And and the concern mm -hmm. about guard play is, I, I mean, it wins in the NCAA tournament because so often, like a guard doesn't need help to go get his right, and that's why Pinson at times looks great. Jeremiah Tillman's the best player on this team, but he still needs somebody to get him the ball. He can't go get the ball right. at mid court and go find his own shot. So. You know, he's just more reliant on other guys than Pinson or Drew is. And I it, when it, I don't know. When they play that way, Missouri's not winning. Uh, that, there's, that's just mm – -hmm. that's bottom line. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and Gabe, thanks so much for, for taking my call. If I could just, like, ask one more big picture yeah, type of question before I, before I hang up. Um, you know, this year's kind of the – Maybe not the best barometer to judge fan support. Obviously, you're in, you're in the weeds with the diehards on, on the message board and and on the show. But do you feel do you feel like that Conzo and 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 the team is not that like this is like their main objective here, but they're kind of failing to capitalize on a, a special season to really um, you know carry that into to next year when it's looking like a little more of a lead year and giving Conzo a little more. Um, a little more of a leash like down the line for lack of a better word. I'm, I'm yeah. a little, you know, you can't really, you know, judge that now based on attendance, but I, I, right. I, I got to imagine that there's they're kind of losing interest with this uh, rough stretch that they're, that they're having for the yeah. past couple. Of I completely get your point. And it's, it's interesting. I wonder like that week where they played Kentucky and Alabama in a normal year, is Mizzou arena sold out for that? Cause like it should be, so. but I'm not sure. Um, like it would be, they'd have a good number of people. They'd have twelve thousand probably. I I don't know if it'd be sold out. There there's a few thing, few directions you can go with that. One is they have an arena that's too big. Um, but no, I I think definitely what you talk about is a concern. Um, that. 
people couldn't go to games, and now this late season swoon, people are going to check out a little bit, and next season looks like a step back. And what's the arena look like next year? And it, it goes back to the whole, hey, do you need people to show up and to win and recruit, or do you need to recruit and win for people to show up, right? And I, I don't know. Um, he, I think he's got some work to do in the transfer portal portal this spring, and, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks a lot, Gabe. I really appreciate it. All right, Ron. Thanks, man. Let's go now. Uh, 832 area code. Who's on the line from eight, the 832? Hey, this is Patrick. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Is this the same Patrick Ooh, I just talked man. to? I'm sorry? Is this the same Patrick I just talked to like five minutes ago or a different Patrick? Different Patrick. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Good deal. The first yeah. caller was also different. Patrick. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Different guy. Um, well, uh, what a brutal game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was ugly. Break it was just uh, – there's that, that stretch, and there's probably several stretches, but they're towards the end of the first half yep. where it honestly looked like I was watching a game at the Y. Of just, just balls just and, being shot that are, are hitting the, the edges of backboards or not even coming close to the backboard. On, on both sides. shots on, on both, both sides. sides. On both sides. Yeah. Yeah, both sides. Just horrible. And, and actually, I, I went on your message board just like, what, what are we watching here? Like, really, what <laughs> yeah. is going on right here? So you would hope – one of the coaches would just call timeout just as a courtesy to the fans watching this, just to put an end to the, what's yeah. going on. It was just beyond frustrating. Um, now, uh, the big picture, I honestly, and I know this reading Sterk's comments, just is, it, it, it frustrates me. Um, I just, I see this, and I know nothing can happen this week, year, and probably even nothing next year, but this honestly has the feeling of, of kind of Barry Odom's last year of, Every time they seemed to do something well, they couldn't get out from, or, you know, couldn't couldn't get away from themselves basically to yeah. keep that stretch of momentum going, and and we're on the verge of just the wheels coming off right now. And man, it's just it, it, you, you, I think fans, everybody had high hopes, and we know um, next year is not going to be any better. And uh, in fact, it's going to be a big step back unless he can pull out some crazy transfer portal guys, which right. I mean, honestly, we, we, there's only been a couple that have ever really panned out on the transfer side that is, uh, has done well. Um, the recruiting has been a debacle the past couple of years. Like you said, we've got uh, uh, Kobe Brown is the, really the only recruit for the past two years. Mm -hmm. um, man, it's just, I just don't see how you can make comments like what Sturt said, uh, unless you just feel like you have to just for, for on the PR side. But I wanted to get yeah. some thoughts on that. I, I mean, I do understand the frustration, right? And this is where, like, I've always kind of felt like my role is to convince people it's never as good as you think it is and it's never as bad as you think it is. Um, and so, you know, for the first two years, I was the guy that everybody thought had some sort of problem with Conzo because I was saying, hold on, guys. I mean, he – he got a couple five stars who were likely coming here for just about anybody except the last guy. So let's not build monuments. This is what he's been in his yep. career. So let's see. And people were mad and didn't like to hear that. And now I almost feel like I'm I'm on the other side of it, dragging people back into we got to realize what he took over in the fact that you know, he's going to be in the tournament for the second time in four years. And, like, here's here's what this ultimately comes down to, I think. The people who want to cut bait, who are ready to be done with him, believe that this year is the high watermark and that it's never going to get better than this. And if that's true, like, like, look, if you give me a crystal ball and you tell me Conzo's here five more years and the high point was a seven seed in the NCAA and they won one game, then yes, you should fire him today. But but the problem is you don't know that. I, I mean, people think they know that, and, and you very well could turn out to be right, but Jim Sterk is not going to spend $9 million on, well, I, I think it's just going to get worse from here. Um, You know, I, and the whole extension is, I, I wrote on our message board yesterday, I wouldn't do it yet. I'd wait till next year. And I, and I even would wait till next year if that means Conzo and his agent say, I'm going to walk. I, I'd probably say, okay, uh, that, that's fine, but we're not going to, we're not going to get out over our skis any more than three years at, at 3.1 or whatever we're at. That That's what I would do. I don't think it's what Jim Sterk will do. 
Um, because college coaching I, contracts, I, the fact of the matter is, is when they get under four years, agents and coaches say, you got to give me another year to tell kids I'm going to be here. Now, we all know it's crap. We all know it doesn't mean anything, but they all do it. I, 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 you're talking about like the getting ahead of your skis, and, and I know it's one that's a, it's a fan favorite, but uh, being here in Oklahoma, I, we, you know, I saw it there. It was with, uh, with uh, Ford at Oklahoma yep. State where yep. he had a good year, and then they gave him this incredible contract, and they could not get out. You know, they're buried in it, and right. he – you know, like I said, he set the he, he he never wrote got to where he was uh, to get that contract. Um, so it's just it's it's something you just, it just screams major problem uh, if we go if if Stark goes ahead and, and does this well um, and, and, this year. And, and you also said, have it sounds to, like he's going to do it. Well, you also have to. It, it depends on what the extension is. I mean, if the extension is, hey, we had we had two years and we don't raise the buyout, that's fine. I mean, or. We had two years and we raised the buyout by a million dollars or whatever. That's fine. I, I mean, that doesn't kill you. Um, now, look, if 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 yeah. they're saying, hey, let's renew this thing and go back to seven years, 21 fully guaranteed. No, you don't do that. Um, you know, so yeah. Good point. I, I, um, it, it depends what the extension is. But I know people will also say, we'll just give him an extra year and don't change the salary and don't change the buyout. Well, no agent lets his coach sign that. I mean, Conzo's not signing that deal. So it, it's a tough deal. Like I said, I would wait a year, um, but I, I don't know if that's something that they can do, and I'm pretty sure it's not what they will do. The the reports of uh, suitors outside of, of Missouri, other other co- other programs, uh, reaching out to Quanzo. Do you think that's more of just uh, agent talk or agents leaking? information out there or do you think there's actually some traction there yeah that that's possible i know dave matter wrote that i i trust dave very much i don't know who told him that i don't know where he got it um so i can't say um i'd be surprised if he has a job offer in the end that's better than the one he has right now and i don't think he wants to go anywhere either so Sounds good. All right, Patrick, appreciate the call, man. I'm going to jump now to the 573 area code. Who am I talking to from 573? Hey, what's up, Dave? This is Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? Hanging in, hanging in. Uh, What's on your mind? Yeah, I see. That was was a tough loss, but I just just feel like calling in. I just wanted to say, like, I'm kind of tired of everybody. After after a bad loss, everybody – Talking on Conzo, like yeah, like Conzo is a very good coach. Like if if Mizzou is a fire Conzo, who are you gonna bring in that's 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 at, at that same level or better than him? Like there's right. not and, a good possibility of a of a better coach getting hired than Conzo. So I would rather just wait it out with Conzo, see what he can do. You know, right? I mean, and, and let's be clear, there is there's zero chance Missouri's firing Conzo Martin this year. It, it literally can't happen. Right. So. All right. Yeah, that's that's frustration I, I, after I games. Yeah, it's just a lot of frustration. There's a lot of a lot of tough losses, but I mean, I I think there's a lot of hope for the team. Like X is a, I mean, he's a great player, but you got to think X was a three-star recruit. Like he's came a long way from from oh. where he was his freshman year. So like, he he he's gotten a lot better, and like, I think. I think the team next year could go a long way if X comes back. I think they got a lot of potential. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. With I mean, you got to assume Tillman's gone. You got to assume Drew Smith's gone. I yeah. would think Mark Smith's gone. So, you know, um, it, Pinson is Pinson is a key to next year. But uh, yeah, and, and you're right. Look, he's he, clearly X has improved a lot since his freshman year, and I do uh, I do want to be careful in that I don't want to want it to be taken that I'm going after a college kid by any means but you know I I do think it's it's frustrating when I think the issues that that X often has at least in listening to Conzo aren't issues of not being good enough it's more of a a kind of mindset type of thing sometimes and and that's got to be that's got to be tough just that he is you know, I, I never thought I'd live in a world where I'd say Jeremiah Tillman was the consistent player, right? But you pretty much know what you're getting out of Tillman uh, this year. 
Um, and, and it's hard when yeah. your point guard is a guy that you know he's got 36 in him, but sometimes he's got two in him too, and that that's hard to that's hard to manage when when you're just not sure which one you're getting. Yeah, very very inconsistent. Yeah, that's very tough tough to deal with. But I I appreciate what you do, Gabe. I just want to say, uh, Mizzou they got hope for next year. Antoine Brookshire, he's a top one hundred point guard. He's legit. So I just want to say, everybody, if the, if the season don't work out, if they don't work out in the tournament, next year might be good. So. Good deal. Appreciate yeah, the call, Jonathan. Thanks. Call man. In. Yeah, have a good one, guys. All right, you too, bud. Thanks for being part of the show. And hey, we we like to hear the positive stuff too, because uh, because a lot of times the internet turns into a, a haven for negativity, right? Uh, we just call to complain about what we don't like, and, and so it's good to hear from a guy like Jonathan that's got got uh, some some hope and optimism for the future too, and. Look, the truth is somewhere in the middle of these feelings, right? And after a loss, and after a, a loss, especially in a game you feel like was winnable, I understand the negative thoughts are going to rule. Um, but, you know, we do have to kind of still keep in mind what this program's been for the last, truthfully, most of the last nine years, guys. Um, I know people don't like to admit it, but it's true. Uh, this is the second best team they've had in in nine seasons you know any way you slice it so you know that's not a situation where where the coach is going to be in a whole lot of trouble or anything like that so appreciate all the callers appreciate you guys in the comments and, and we're going to start to get to those here in just a minute because i know you've been you've been active and you've been here for 40 minutes while we've been taking calls and playing press conferences and all that uh real quick before i do just uh hey let's go back to the phone lines let's go uh 765 area code who's on the line this is alvin what's up alvin how you doing man i'm good man or could be better i guess yeah yeah yeah, that that wasn't the best one so far. <laughs> yep. So what's so I got? On, uh... I guess a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like when our guards play, we either have one that's on fire and ready to go, and then the other guys kind of disappear. And normally, it feels like other teams will play off each other. Is, is it like? Does that seem like is that just a weird thought, or is that just something that happens to Mizzou this year? It seems like. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd have to go back and look at more of the numbers um, to see. I, I mean, I guess basically you're saying it doesn't seem like Drew and X played well at the same time or on the well, same night. Well, not that. Like tonight, tonight I thought Mark played pretty well, and then the other two were just completely absent. And then yeah. You know, when uh, Penton dropped 36, who else is there for him? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, that's that, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I probably have to go back and look. I know there were there were games early in the season when Mark was playing pretty well that you'd have two or three of them um, playing playing well together. I'd say probably more, too, because there's only so many points to go around. But then then I think the issue for a good long stretch was that Mark wasn't playing well on any night, so it probably seemed that way. And now in the last five games, really, X has been struggling quite a bit. So, you know, um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily related to the other guys playing well or not, but it, it's just – they haven't gotten them all going at the same time. I think that's definitely fair. Yeah, and I agree. And I just feel like most teams, like, they kind of feed off each other. When things get to rolling, one guy gets going, some other guys get some open shots, and they have come down. But the team just does not seem to have that in them. Yeah, I think I think what they get going off of is is probably is two things. is defense, but I think it's also Tillman. And, uh, you know, I think that, like, when Jeremiah really starts going and really has energy, and he did – in the second half tonight, and that's when they kind of came back. Him and Kobe came back, and and they took the lead. Um, but then, you know, I I don't, it just all kind of disappeared there in the last two minutes, and I don't really know why. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I'm on everybody else's kind of side too. Like it's frustrating, but I've also you know I'm I'm on the message board and everything, and I kind of. I, at first, I was kind of like starting to lean towards like, man, is Quanzo really the guy? But now I'm also kind of like. Dude, he's, he's done good things compared to where we were at. Right. And so, like, I don't even know how to feel about that anymore at this point just because of the up-and-down roller coaster we're on. I mean, the bottom line is he's going to be the guy for another two years uh, unless he walks yep. away on his own. So, like, yeah. I, I, I frequently say – 
if it makes people feel better to pound the keyboard and yell and, and get mad and want him fired, that's cool. Nobody's stopping you from saying it, but it's just not going to happen. You know, so, I mean, he's going to be the coach next season and he's going to be the coach the season after that. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, you know, I think next year will have a lot to do with that. But kind of like I was telling an earlier caller, I think the people that want him gone have convinced themselves that it's never going to be better than this year. And down the road, they may right. end up being right. But there's no way to know that as of right now. Yeah, and I feel like you kind of have to write it at this yeah. point um, just because of where we've been and what he's actually done for us. And yeah. then the courtesy, you know, he's, you know, he's had some injuries and stuff that he's battled through the coach. And oh, yeah. that's tough in college, especially with the guys he has lost when he's lost them for stretches. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at Conzo's four years this way. Year one was, look, they went all in. Every coach would do it. They didn't get everything out of it they wanted, but they got the program back on track, right? Year one was successful. Year two, like, he lost his best player a week before the season starts. I don't even count year two because year one basically turned year two into year one. And then year three, last year was disappointing. It, it, that was disappointing. And then this year, I think, is a success. I mean, they're in the NCAA tournament. I understand if people want more, it may not be the highest level of success, but it is a successful season. So in four years, he's had two good years one disappointing year and one that I just don't even think counts. So that's a pretty good ratio overall. It's certainly enough to earn him another year. Right. And then my, I guess my last thought would probably be like, um, so you'll kind of look at records and stuff and the three's what, 14 and seven now? 14, and seven, seven and seven. Yeah. 13 and eight, 13 and nine. Uh, 13 and nine, I think is correct. Yeah. So, so they're not like super separated. Ole Miss beat us twice this year. Those are right. both quad one wins for them. I guess like how much like how much more leash do we have before we really have to hit the panic button on even the NCAA tournament this year? Um, because it just seems like we're we're really trending the wrong direction. Yeah, you you can't lose to A and M. You lose to A and M. It, it's time to start talking. But but here's the other thing that that everybody has to remember is. It's not just that Missouri had the wins in the non-conference. It was the wins they had at Wichita State, Oregon on a neutral floor, Illinois. Like, they had in a, they were by such a huge margin the best team in the SEC in the non-conference season that, like, they can finish behind some of these other teams in league play and still have an overall better year because of what they did in those first seven games. So, I think Missouri's one win away from absolutely being in the tournament. They got to win one more game at some point, and they're absolutely in. And to you, that's disputing anybody. Yeah, or... just just one more win. I mean, okay. like because even if you lose to A and M, it means you beat Florida, and that's a quad one win. So whatever, just win another game, and I think they'll get in. Yeah. Awesome, Gabe. I appreciate you taking my call and uh. Think all the things you do is great. Appreciate it, Alvin. Thanks for being uh, being a part of the show, man. Good to talk to you. And uh, uh, we we had uh, somebody from the six three six area code. Not sure you're still on the line. Six three six. If you're still there, speak up. If not, give me a ring back. All right. I think we lost the six three six area code, but feel free to call back. We're still here hanging out, and uh, and we'll certainly uh, look. I, I appreciate all the activity we've had for eleven o'clock on a Tuesday night. Appreciate you guys staying up with me, and I understand some of it's probably out of frustration and anger. And but you know what, man, the the clicks and the metrics don't know why you were here. They just know you were here. Uh, I'm I'm just kidding. Appreciate appreciate those of you who are hanging out with me late on a, a Tuesday night. Um, it, you know. <sighs> Again, one of the frustrations, I think, is that this gets into every night, every game. And let's let's jump back on the phone lines to the 636 area code. Who am I talking with? Hey, Gabe, this is uh, Rob from St. Louis. What's up, Rob? How you doing, man? What's going on? Uh, first, first time caller, but uh, tough For loss tonight. But I don't think it was about the effort. Totally. I think I, it was a tough loss, but... You don't like losing at home, but yeah, I mean they played Ole hard Miss. the first time. Uh, the first time they lost Ole Miss, you could watch that game and say, "I'm not sure they're trying." I mean, they were trying yeah, tonight; Miss, they just didn't execute. Miss just has their number right now, and it's kind of annoying, but whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, fifteen and three over the, since Missouri joined the SEC—that's that's a little bit crazy. 
and there's they're still going to make the tournament, I think. I mean, oh yeah, there's I think still good enough, but yeah, I, I think mean, I think they're uh, one win away. One win, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Texas A number being the year yeah. LSU or, or Florida, whatever. Just just win one of them, there. and you're probably getting in. Yeah, I mean, and I think Tonzo's done a good job. I mean, just two NCAA tournaments in four seasons. I think that's pretty good after he recovered after the worst four-year stretch in, or three-year stretch in yeah. basketball history, I think. Yeah, I mean, since the mid-60s at least. Yeah, since pre-norm. I mean, people people forget what he took over. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's not – look – I understand everybody wants it once more than what you have right now. But again, like maybe he's the guy we'll see, but he has earned the chance to find out if he's the guy. And like the zoo, they have like the first six games, they started six and oh with wins over Oregon and Illinois. Yep. And they went seven oh and non con. I mean, they could beat anybody in the country or they could lose any, to anybody in the country that's basically any team other than Gonzaga or Baylor. Right. This team can lose in the first round and they could be playing in a regional final for a chance to go to the final four. Neither one would completely shock me. Yeah. I, I think the goal just is just win a tournament game. And yep. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll feel great about this team, but next year is whatever. But Right. You deal with next year, next year. The, the goal this year is to win a tournament game for the first time in 11 years. Yeah. Totally agree, Rob. Hopefully We're on the same a, page, man. Maybe a seven, a seven seed, maybe not not major. I don't like those games, but thank you. <laughs> right, yeah, Rob. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being part of the show, and uh, and we got two two nine area code on the line. Who am I talking to there? Hey, what's up, Gabe? This is Aaron. Uh, I have to say that you uh, had you had some wise words from last game. You know, I was thinking that UGA might have been the turning point, but you said, well, let's wait a couple games and uh, uh, have to say you were right about that. Uh, I guess I was trying to be optimistic and uh, trying to look for the good in Mizzou, but, uh, uh, you know, things can turn around still. You know, I think that Florida game could be pivotal. But, uh, you know, I, I I guess my thoughts are, I don't necessarily – I don't see this team as an underachiever. I see Tennessee as an underachiever. I still think they're somewhat of an overachiever. I think they're, I think they're right about where I thought they could be at the beginning of the season. I, I mean, I, at the beginning of the year, I viewed this as like a six or seven seed if things went well. And that's where they're at. So I, I have a hard time being disappointed in that. Now, I think, I think the people who are disappointed were – hey, th- we're ranked number 10 in the country, we just beat Alabama, and now we're not there anymore. Well, the truth is, this team was never quite that good. Um, they had some things go their way. They made some of their own luck, too. Um, but, but again, it's never quite as good as you think it is when it's good, and it's never quite as bad as you think it is when it's bad. Um, but, yeah, if you'd asked me in November, where's this team going to be, I would have said – you know, if they play 27 games, I think they're going to be something like 18 and 9 and be like a 7 seed. You know, 17 and 10 be an 8 seed, something like that. And so they're right about where I thought they'd be. Okay, yeah, I was thinking they were more of a bubble team, but I guess that is kind of a bubble status. So, but um, so I guess the other thing I want, you know, I, I'm pro- I'm coming from the Norm days. You know, I grew up in right. St. Louis. Same. You know, uh, uh, loved the uh, Mizzou uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, Stepo and all that, and so. I'm guessing I'm I'm asking you next five years. I'm asking you to peer through. You, can we return back to that day? We've got a lot of talent in St. Louis, and yeah. so well, uh, why can't we? Why can't we be a, a perennial top three, top four team in SEC? Well, you can be. Um, first of all, relying on the talent out of St. Louis to do it, you're asking Conzo to do something literally no coach has ever done at Missouri which is keep keep that talent home. Uh, and, like, look, maybe he can, maybe he can't. I don't know. Uh, hadn't been off to a great start so far with E.J. Liddell, Cam Fletcher, and Caleb Love uh, going el- elsewhere. Um, but, you know, literally nobody's ever done that from at, at Missouri. And I, I, I wrote something last week, 
and, and I'm, you know, you might be a little older than me if you remember Steepo Sunvold because I really became a, a Missouri fan during the Chivas years. Um, but Chivas, okay. Peeler, Doug Smith, like my my senior year in high school, Missouri was the number one seed. You know, they were uh, uh, the number one team in the country multiple times when I was growing up becoming a fan. And so those of us who are my age, who are your age, that's kind of our standard. That's what we think it should be because we've seen it be that. But the truth is, man, we're freaking old, and that was 27 years ago. That was 30 years ago. And this program hasn't been that for 30 years, and maybe it just isn't anymore. You know? And, you know, I, 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 know about, I know about Floyd Irons and the bad relationship he had with Norm Stewart going back to Lamont mm-hmm. Turner in the mid-'70s, and so – so uh, that, that's when I started watching with Larry Drew, and, and okay. so, but but I'm thinking with Conzo Martin, the the inroads he had in Metro East area and the St. Louis area that that things could change. You know, I, I you know I was thinking that he would be the one that would get us that talent, but he's just missed out on Love and a couple other good players. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean it won't happen. But yeah, Love Fletcher Liddell, you know. Um, I, I thought EJ Liddell was the big one, really. I mean, that was they built their entire recruiting class around him, and and he seemed like the the perfect player for for Conzo. And he went to Ohio State, and look, he obviously made a good choice. He's doing quite well for a team that's going to be a number one seed, right? But uh, but you know that that one was tough. I think uh, does Caleb Love completely change this season, this team's this season? Probably not. Um, you know, now I think he would have been a good player. You'd have liked to get him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, wherever they're from, St. Louis or, you know, California or St. Kitts, whatever, doesn't matter where they're from. They just got to get guys. Um, and, uh, you know, can it get back there? Like, yeah, they can win the SEC in basketball. That's not unreasonable. I mean, Alabama's doing it. Alabama doesn't even care about basketball, really. Um, so they can. Uh, but, like it's, it's also not just a birthright for Missouri to be an NCAA tournament team, which it was when you and I were growing up. Right. Well, but our, our resources, I mean, our arena, and I, you know, I, oh, yeah. I'm thinking that if we're in the upper echelon of the bas- of the SEC, right, or or, or not? Yeah, yeah, definitely. below Kentucky, below Kentucky, but you know. Right. Well, actually, I think Mizzou Arena is nicer than Rupp. Rupp's just bigger and historic. Um, but, no, they've got a really nice building. They've got good facilities, all that. But it, the truth is, a kid being recruited right now, here's what he knows about Missouri basketball. Michael Porter went there. And that's it. That's where it ends. He doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know they're good because they've never been good with him when he's watched uh, they, they haven't been good really since he was probably like in preschool. And so that doesn't matter to him. Um, so I, I think buildings and facilities and all that are overrated. Kids, kids want two things. They want to know they can get to the NBA and they want to win. And also ideally they want to play in front of full crowds. And right now, I mean, yeah, Missouri can get you to the NBA because anybody can get you to the NBA if you're good enough. Uh, but they haven't won a ton, and they haven't filled the building. So, they, it, again, it gets back to do you have to win and, and get people there to recruit, or do you have to recruit to get people there and win? I, I don't know, but that's the challenge. Well, just like Drinkwitz, you, you just have to have a vision and a culture that people can buy into, and so I think it can be done with the right coach. But, it, no, yeah, I appreciate it, your thoughts, be. Appreciate you calling. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, man. We're going to move on now to the right. 314 area code. Who am I talking to in 314? Uh, this is Larry. What's up, Larry? How you doing, man? Uh, not too much. Hey, you know what? I listened to a part of your podcast earlier where you talked about when, you know, when you were growing up, Mizzou was a guarantee. Like, every year they're going to be in the, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think the truth of the matter is, and we just have to call a spade a spade. This Mizzou basketball program is dead as a doorknob, and no one cares. The Mizzou fans have transformed to the SEC. The SEC dominates when we're talking about men's sports. They dominate baseball. They actually are more dominant in baseball than they are in football. But it's a baseball-football conference, period. End of story. 
And we lost all of our natural rivals like Kansas, Oklahoma. We lost all those rivalries, Iowa State, Kansas State. And, and they, you know, we can talk about COVID. We can say there's no fans in there because of COVID. There hasn't been any fans in Mizzou Stadium for eight years. Kalonzo Martin has five three-star recruits that nobody wanted coming in. He's, he's got uh, five seniors going out. So we're going to be starting this whole thing all over again with 15 and 17, 13 and 19, 17 and 16. We need a new coach because this guy, if you can't recruit locally, as uh, Odom found out, if you can't recruit locally, you can't get the, the fan base going and you can't win. You've got to recruit the best players. And Missouri is producing NBA players, and we can't get any of them to go to Mizzou. Everybody thought, oh, Clonzo Martin's going to come in and get all these guys. He hasn't gotten anybody. And I'm not, we don't even count Porter because he gave his dad his job. So from my standpoint, I don't even care at this point about the program. I, mean, I think everybody's looking forward to football and drink wits and maybe softball and <laughs> hopefully women's basketball getting back on the right track. But Mizzou basketball, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. It's dead as a doorknob. Larry, appreciate the call, man. You, you Like, I agree with some of what you say. Um, I don't think it's dead. I actually think some of the things you say are the reason why Missouri should be good in this league because they do have people that care and a lot of other schools don't. But uh, appreciate your passion, man, and, uh, and, and we'll see where it goes in the next couple of years. All right, thanks. All right, Larry, appreciate the call, man. Uh, let's go 620 area code. Who am I talking to? Uh, yeah, this is Bob Ryder. What's up, Bob? How are you, man? Uh, not too bad. Uh, yeah, I just got a few things. I've never called in. I've, I've been on Power Mizzou for, uh, since 2007. Uh, I've never been on the message board. I, I, I read the message board, but I've never, I've never put out any messages on it. I got you. Appreciate uh, it. Classic lurker. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching your show tonight, and and I've got a few things. I mean, it's just frustrating that this team can be uh, so up and down, and it's not just game to game; it can be in game. I mean, yeah. it was Mississippi State? We're up 39-27. Uh, and then and then let them score 51 the second half and get blown out uh, in the Mississippi State game. Uh, and then, the other, you know, other games like Georgia with 14 minutes to go, they score 45 from there on out uh, after we have a 13-point lead. It's just frustrating. And I don't know, Xavier, I don't – I think he is. I think he's kind of – I don't know if he's checked out. I know it's because Drew Buds is getting some – you know, Conzo, now that he has more guards, is able to set uh, Xavier. Right. when he makes mistakes or, you know, turns the ball over. So he just doesn't look like the same player the last four or five games. I don't know. He just almost like he – I'm not going to say he doesn't care. Right. But uh, – and then the only other thing I've got for you is that – and it's not a big deal, but it's frustrating as heck to – and I, Jeremiah Tillman has played really well this year. Yes. But he needs to learn – if he wants to make a, a statement dunk, to learn to dunk the ball. I mean yeah. – it's, you know, I had that one tonight in the first half, that, and, he, and I think there was a game earlier where he had two in the game. Yes. Where he went up to make a statement dunk, and they both hit the back of the rim and flew clear out of the, I think, out of it, bounds. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's that's, pretty. That's frustrating when you got a, you, you got. It, it's pretty incredible you know, he's that he's shooting sixty four percent from the floor, and he's missed at least four dunks this season. Yeah, yeah, it's and, and you know, and I understand these kids. You know, when they get a chance, want to make that statement. You know, mm-hmm. look at me and. But it's kind of – I would think it would be kind of embarrassing, and I would think his, his teammates would be giving him a, a hard time about it. Maybe not. But, yeah, it's, he's done it more than he probably should have. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the yeah. team – I mean, kind of like you said, it's it's nice that hopefully the wheels don't totally come off and we miss the tournament. But if they can get in the tournament and win a game, but it's just – it seems like, you know, it's a bad time to be going on this streak, losing four out of five. and and uh, Yeah, this is when you know, you'd like to be trending not, up, not trending down. Yeah, that's true. But uh, another thing, I you know, I mentioned. Uh, I guess I'm going to give my dad a little props. Uh, I'm the son of Bob Ryder that played at Missouri. Oh, okay. So okay. Uh, back back in the back in the fifties with Norm Stewart. So uh, there you go. Uh, anyways, uh, so you've been watching. Uh, it was kind of neat seeing his neck. Yeah, when you put out that deal, it was in the top 100. Yep. Or top top 64 or whatever. Yeah. 
or 64 and I saw my dad on there. I thought that was kind of neat. So, uh, uh, matter of fact, I think, of course, that's way back. You know, I think he graduated in 55 or I think he might've had the, the record. It was only, it was only for about a year for the scoring. Hey. I think he had like 1188 or something like that when he played, but, uh, it's a year longer than yeah, most and, of us. And had I it. did. I did. Yeah. Well, he still holds uh, with, you know, I kind of laugh about that too. And I don't know that to be a fact, but he holds the, the single game rebounding record at 27. Oh, wow. And I, I tell people it's probably because he missed shots and then got the rebound and missed a <laughs> shot, got the rebound. And I don't know if that, that to be true. He was six, nine. And back then that was pretty tall. Of course, anymore, that's not that tall anymore, but uh, right. He was a rail though at six nine. He was like two hundred pounds or whatever. But uh, anyways, uh, like I say, I've never, you know, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to call. I've, I've watched your show before, and like I say, I've, uh, I uh, get on the message board and I, I see some of the people that are going, and I get frustrated too as Conzo. And I'm not sure he's the guy either. Like you know, he's got what this is his thirteenth year, and he's only made the tournament what three years. Yeah, this, this will be his, be his fourth, fourth year in thirteen years. Yep. So I, I'm kind of like some people. I just don't know if, you know, his ceiling, uh, whether it's, you know, but like you say, we really can't probably afford to get rid of him for a year or two. Yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, he's, he decides to, he's earned the right to find out if he's the guy. Now, he may not be the guy, but I, I there's no way we can sit here today and say for sure that he's not the guy, right? I mean, yeah, I can't. Yeah, some people true. can't, yeah. but yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, I guess that's all I've got. Uh, enjoy your show and uh, and uh, keep up the good work. Bob, I appreciate the call, man, and I think your dad's record is safe for a while. 27 is a lot of rebounds, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right, have a good one. Thanks a lot, Bob, and and thanks to uh, to everybody. It's been been an active show. I didn't I, I didn't expect it to be that busy on uh, on a Tuesday night at 11 o'clock, but uh, – People got things to say, man. Larry's fired up. Bob's, uh, Bob's coming out of the woodwork, and appreciate everybody that that has been a part of it, and uh, appreciate you guys uh, hanging in in the comments and and talking and uh, hanging out with us. So obviously, look, guys, I, I think we've covered. It. I mean, yeah, it, it's a it's a rough loss. I don't want to say it's not a terrible loss. It it's kind of a bad loss in that. It was there to win, and you didn't, and you were at home. Uh, you've lost four out of five. It's it's clearly it's not going the right direction. There's time to turn it around, but also it's got to get turned around. Um, but I think again, this every game this turns into a discussion about like the next next year and the next three years and the next five years, and it all just comes down to this: Conzo has done enough. He's earned the right to be here for the next couple of years and find out if he's the guy. Now, if you are convinced he's not the guy, then that's, hey, you know, that's that's cool. You can think that. But he is going to get the chance. He is going to be here. Um, and we're going to find out. Um, unless he chooses to leave on his own, which I don't think he will. Um, you know, but he's not getting fired. He's not getting fired this year. He's not getting fired next year. Um, and hey, three years from now, you guys may be looking back and say, see, I on February 25th of 2021, I knew that he wasn't the guy. And in three years from now, you may be right. But I, there's just no way to say that now. He's earned the right to find out. Um, and so tonight, obviously, no fun. Uh, hopefully, they'll play Saturday. Um, we'll see. Conzo indicated he... He thought they'd know by morning whether Texas A&M could play on Saturday. So hopefully we'll have a game to talk about Saturday. If not A&M, somebody, you know. Um, but we'll see where it goes there. They're they're playing Florida next week, and then we just kind of wait and see um, how the SEC works out the end of this season. Uh, I think Missouri at this point is going to be playing uh, day two of the SEC tournament because I don't think they can get into the top four. But they're going to play in the NCAA tournament. I, I know it's – the number next to their name might not be as high as you wanted, and it seems like it's a long way away, but they're going to get there, and we're going to be there uh, for it from here till then, or from now till then. Uh, so want to thank uh, one more time Burger Smokehouse for, for making this possible. Um, it's a little late tonight. I wouldn't recommend eating 
like pulled pork at 1130. But maybe you wake up tomorrow morning, have some bacon, something like that. Uh, make a run to the grocery store in the morning. Pick up some, some Smokehouse or go to Smokehouse.com. You can get it there. Uh, appreciate all you guys that have been hanging out with us uh, all night and, and make this a part of your day during the season, part of your night during the season. We are going to do it again Saturday. Um, uh, Pocket Watch wants to know why Conzo Martin left his alma mater for for, for Mizzou. He didn't. Um, he came here from Cal. Uh, so, yeah, he left Tennessee. He was at Tennessee, then Cal, and now he is here. And Adam Clippard says, Ed Chang is clearly the missing ingredient. And, guys, that's the sign. We've reached the end. There's nowhere else to go. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you Saturday.